Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Shmuel Bet, the second book of Samuel. We are in the middle of chapter 13, up to verse number 20. (coughs) We have just read about the horrific um, uh, sexual assault and rape of Tamar by her brother Amnon, and how afterwards he threw her out of the room, uh, rejected her, um, and that she now uh, was w- walking out of the room crying and very distraught. And we pick up the story from that point as she is walking out crying. Apparently Avshalom, her brother, who has been identified as her brother, um, and we discussed before, that this indicates a special relationship that he had with Tamar. Uh, it could have been that they were full brothers, full siblings, as opposed to Amnon and Tamar, or it could have been just simply that they were uh, known to be close, and people called them brother and sister. So Avshalom, her brother, said, Ha'aminon achicha hayaimach. Was Amnon your brother with you? One gets the sense that it was well known that Amnon had feelings for his sister. And Avshalom, when he saw her crying, immediately suspected what had happened. He says, In other words, he asks her, Was he with you? Meaning, did he forcibly rape you? He says, Now, my sister, stay quiet. He is your brother. Now, the this is not the kind of stay quiet, let's brush it under the carpet and not to take action kind of stay quiet which unfortunately does happen extremely often oh don't say anything we don't want to we're afraid about the embarrassment etc kind of thing which causes which 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 causes families to tuck things under the rug and pretend things didn't happen which has incredible amount of damaging consequences but this kind of quiet, what Avshalom is telling her is, is, as we'll see as the story develops, Avshalom was certainly ready to declare in public uh, what his brother had done and also very much had in mind what he wanted to do about it. So he wasn't allowed, about to let this go unpunished and, and tuck it under the rug as if it never happened. He says, be quiet because he's your brother and therefore it could be a mess, so we need to tactfully figure out how to do something about this. Don't um, put your heart on, literally it would translate to don't put your heart on this, meaning don't keep worrying about it, don't <coughs> let it tear you apart. Um, because, uh, you know, in other words, I'll take care of this. And Tamar <coughs> sat, this, you know, upset, and distraught, and and in um, in, uh, in you know and, and depressed, Beit Avshalom Achiha, and she stayed in the safety of her brother Avshalom's house. V'Hamelach David, and this was public knowledge. Like I said, this was not being brushed under the rug. V'Hamelach David, the King David, Shamayat Kol Ma'ila. He heard everything that happened Ma'od, and he was extremely angry. <coughs> and here's where we see. Under normal circumstances, David would have <coughs> taken Amnon to, to account and punished him for it. <clears throat> but David is just coming off of the sin of Bathsheba, where he forcibly took someone else's wife away and had that person killed. 
David was far from being in the position where he could come after Amnon. So despite his anger about what happened, he was impotent and unable to do anything about it. Below the, so as we see, the sin of Bathsheba is just getting, it's twisting farther and farther. First it corrupts the family. First it brings this, this attitude in the family, this, this, um, this situation where, which allows for such a terrible act to occur, a terrible thing to occur, and it disables David from being able to do anything about it. Below and Avshalom refused to talk to Amnon at all. He rebuffed him completely. He wouldn't speak with him in, in good ways or bad ways. In other words, he didn't argue and scream and yell at him. And he also didn't sit and have buddy-buddy conversations with him. Because Avshalom hated his brother Amnon. Because over the matter of his rape of Tamar, his sister. By he, and it was Lishnatayim, Yomim, after about two years later, so this, this episode occurred, two years goes on, Vayihi goes to Zimli Avshalom, and they were shearing Avshalom's sheep. Bibal Chatzor Asherim Ephraim, in a place called Baal Chatzor, which is in the, um, which was in or near the property of the tribe of Ephraim. And Avshalom called all of the children of the house of the king, he called them all, to come to the um, the party which was going to occur when they sheared the sheep. And Avshalom came to the king Vayomer and he said, "He We are um, your servant, your your Eved, your servant. In other words, me. They are going to be shearing his sheep. Would please have the king? Would the king please come with his servants together with your, his servant? In other words, together with me. So he's inviting his father and his father's entourage. <coughs> the king said to Avshalom, "No, we don't need to all go. It'll be too much for you. It'll be too too difficult. Too much of a too many people to entertain." And he urged him to come, but he refused to go. So he gave him his blessing, and and you know, and they parted ways. Whether for some reason he knew that um, that David was going to turn this offer down, or whether um, um, or whether this was an honest invite is not clear. It seems like just from the verse that it was an honest invite. So Avshalom didn't necessarily know that this was going to be his opportunity to act without his father. But he invited his father out of, you know, to be appropriate. His father turned him down. And now Avshalom is going to take advantage of the situation. Vayomer Avshalom. So Avshalom said, V'lo yelech na'itanu amnon so if that's the case, so maybe I'm known my brother can come along with us. Now that Avshalom knows that his father is not coming, how about I'm known? Why not invite him? So now you get the sense that Avshalom is thinking in the back of his mind, this is his opportunity, so he's inviting Amnon. Why should he go with you? Um, so... In other words, like, why are you asking this? They're asking specifically for Amnon, especially knowing, the king is saying this, knowing that Amnon and Avshalom didn't talk with each other. 
So Avshalom pressed it and pressed the matter, you know, saying, no, we really want him to come. One gets the sense that Avshalom said to his father, we, you know, yeah, I know we haven't been talking, but if he comes to the party, we can all sit together, maybe we can all make peace. So the king said, you know what? I'm known you can go along, and all of the, the, all of the princes can go along, but not the king himself, apparently. So you know what? Go ahead. Take Amnon and take everyone and let them all go to the party. And maybe David sits down thinking that, well, who knows? Maybe some kind of peace can be made here. Something can be, um, something good can come out of this party. Obviously, this was not at all what Avshalom had in mind. So Avshalom immediately set his plan into play. He told he told his, his young men, his assistants, as follows, Check out, keep watching to see when Avnon is, is drunk and has drank too much wine. And I will tell you exactly at the right moment, to strike him down, and kill him. Altiro, do not be afraid. I'm involved in this, and I am taking responsibility. When you do kill him, it will be because I told you that. Chizku, be strong, and be strong, brave, courageous men. Why Avshalom didn't do it himself? <coughs> One can conjecture all kinds of reasons, but apparently he decided to um, send his men to do it for him. Probably because once the others are involved, then they become indebted to him. They can't leave his side and stop supporting him. If it was him, then everyone can abandon him and blame it on him. But once the others' hands are red with blood, so to speak, then they have to become loyal to Avshalom. <coughs> Otherwise, they're lost. And this is frequently the way... Um, uh, dictators or, you know, people that'll have their dirty work done by others because automatically, you know, it's a typical way of a mafia boss not to do it himself, but to have his guys do it because once his guys do it, his guys then are are forced to stick with the mafia boss. <coughs> so they did. They did exactly to Amnon as Avshalom had commanded. And all of the sons of the king, in other words, all of the princes got up by Yerkavu, Ish al Pirdovai Anusu, and they all ran in the bedlam. So this murder took place, and everyone runs screaming in all different directions. All of the princes and princesses, all of the members of the king's household are now afraid who's next. Avshalom and his goons have just carried out this execution. What's happening next? And they were on the road, in other words, they were running. The others, but the news had already come. So there must have been someone going faster, someone alone, a messenger on a fast horse, so to speak. The news came, El David Lemar to David, saying as follows, He caught Avshalom at Kol And the news that came, what it seems like is someone must have ran from the party when the killing started, and the person running th- thought that Avshalom was killing all of the people in the household. And as we see in the future, it must have been, we're going to see when Absalom uh, tries to take the kingdom away uh, from David, from his father David, we're going to get that that point very soon. However, it must have been known that Absalom had 
had uh, visions of grandeur and wanted to take the kingdom away from his father. And presumably the guy that ran from the party right away when the killing started to tell David assumed that Absalom was uh, uh, beginning his coup right now and he's probably going to go ahead and kill the entire family. So the news comes to David saying, he caught Absalom at Kolben Amalek. All of the children of the king have just been killed. And not a single one is left. And now, as far as the king knows, as far as David knows, his entire family, other than Avshalom himself, the perpetrator, is dead. The king got up and he tore his clothes and he lied on the ground. And all of his entourage, his, 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 his men, were standing next to him all to- with their torn clothes. Vayan Yonadav ben Shema Achi David. And however, Yonadav, and this is the same Yonadav who gave the horrific advice to Amnon how to take advantage of his sister. Yonadav is apparently among the group here, or he had just come in, like as they were lying and, and mourning. So Yonadav is apparently David's nephew. He's the son of Shim'a, who's the brother of David. So that makes Yonadav David's nephew. And thus uh, was Amnon's cousin, as we stated before. And he said as follows, It's not true. Don't say that he killed all of the sons of the king. He only killed Amnon. Because it was... It was uh, a decision that was made by Avshalom. It was, a, it was a command that was given by Avshalom. So this idea, this plan, has been, has been stated by Avshalom ever since the day that Amnon raped Tamar. So this wasn't a coup to take over the kingdom, but rather this was simply being done as an act of vengeance for what had happened to his sister. So the king should not even think in his heart for a minute this thing that Kol B'nei HaMelech made to, that all of the sons of the king died. Ki im Amnon levadomets, it is only Amnon alone that is dead. Vayivrach Avshalom. So now Avshalom is now a murderer. So he runs away, afraid, of course, that his father will take him to task. So vayisohanar atzofa etenav. And the... Um, the uh, boy who is watching, that's what the Hanar HaTzofeh means. So this means the uh, watchman who is watching the paths towards Jerusalem, towards the king's palace, he saw, Vayar, Amrav There was a large group of people that were coming from the road behind him from the mountaintop, from that that direction. So in other words, he saw coming over the hill a large crowd of people, which were obviously all of the people that were at the party that were coming a little bit later. There was a large crowd. They were coming a lot slower than the original people that ran. So he saw, the king saw that his family was not dead indeed. So Yonadav said to the king, Look, you see, all of the king's family, they're all coming. Just like your servant, in other words, just like I had said, that is what actually happened. So all of this mourning was not 
for a good reason, because everyone is still alive. Avshalom was not mounting a rebellion, but rather Avshalom was simply taking a revenge for what had happened to his sister. And it was when he finished, and try to imagine the, the emotional highs and lows. I mean, actually, there really isn't any emotional highs here, but the, the twisted emotions and how this can wring one's heart that at the one moment someone thinks, you know, David is thinking that his son is out to take the kingdom away and slaughter the entire family. And then he finds out that he's, he's killed his son only out of vengeance, but, but with a vengeance for an act that happened and the responsibility David must have felt was on his own heart that it had happened and the fact that he had not punished Amnon this entire time also because of his own sins, because of his own guilt, and that ended in a result of one brother killing the other brother. So this whole thing was such an emotionally powerful event. Just ripped him apart to see how everything was just being torn at its seams. The family of the king were coming by and all of them were crying. And they they all raised their their, their voices and wept. And the king and all of his entourage that were with him, they were all crying a great great, bitter, tremendous amount of emotion. But Avshalom Barach and Avshalom had run. And where did he go? Vayelach el Talmai ben Amihud Melech Geshur. He went to Talmai, the uh, king of Geshur, in order to seek refuge so that his father would not kill him. The... Um, So Avshalom, after he had run, this is verse 38, went to Geshur and he stayed there for three years. And uh, David had, um, this is a little bit of a challenging verse to uh, translate. But the uh, word vatichal here is from the language of kaltali to adchanafshi. It's the language of, of to pine and to, and to desire, uh, but to, to uh, hope, like a, a kind of desire that one can't fulfill, that one desperately wants something, one pines for something. It says, David the king desired to go, let's say, to go out and visit his son, Avshalom. Kinicham because he had been comforted. In other words, he had gotten over the fact that his son Amnon had died. So David, with this complex set of emotions, this tremendous anger he had towards Amnon, but also the, the tragedy that led to his, the death of one of his sons, the death of Amnon, despite the fact that he had done such a terrible act, just everything that led to it, David was going through all these terrible emotions that he had to lose a son to such an act. But once he's dead, he's able to come to grips with that loss. He was able to come to grips with that loss and then simply realize that he's missing his son, Avshalom, who had left his home, left his house, and abandoned his family. And he had to have known that this was only... So in other words, without finding some sort of a resolution to the issues 
that had started without seeing that, okay, now it's going to be over, things are going to end. Like when all of the family went to the party, David must have had this illusion that, oh, maybe this is going to be the end, everyone's going to be get together now, everyone's going to be happy and we can put it all behind us. But no, he sees the seeds of things getting even worse, which we're about to see as we continue to study what happens and the aftermath of the terrible sin of Bathsheba. Thank you so much for studying chapter 13. Looking, study, looking forward to studying chapter 14 together and, of course, the rest of this beautiful book and powerful book of Shmuel.